Hey guys, Ryan Dement, True Podcast. I hope you're having a good day. A little teaser for you today. We're going to talk three things that are going to change the housing market in the coming months and make it even better for buyers. Mortgage forbearance, evictions, and foreclosures. Stay tuned. It's time for another episode of the True Podcast. An unfiltered podcast that is about life lessons and issues that impact our daily lives. Here is your host, Ryan Demet. All right, guys, welcome back. I hope you liked the teaser. I'm excited. You can hear it in my voice. I'm pumped about this week because there's a lot of people out there talking about how the market is going to crash and we're in a bubble. I'm not a fan of, of calling the sky is falling, but I do have a different take on it and a little bit more of a analytical approach to it. So let's get into it. This week, the Mortgage Bankers Association brought out their weekly uh, share of mortgage loans and forbearance, and they said it decreased to 3.08% from 3.25 the week before, and that leaves 1.5 million homeowners in forbearance. So of that mix, the, the, the pieces that I want to focus on, 10.7 are in the beginning of forbearance, which means they just got into it less than, I think they used 90 days. That's 161,000. There's 81.1% of that 1.5 million homeowners that are in extension, which means they're past 12 months and they're getting the max of 18. I've seen 24 months, but let's go with 18. That's 1.22 million. And then in the past week, there's been another 8.2 of homeowners coming back in in re-entry, which is 123,000 homes. And then the other two pieces that I want, excuse me, the other three pieces that I want to share, 28.3% are loans that are in deferral or partial claim. And the partial claim means the homeowner left the forbearance without any type of payment plan or any type of arrangement to bring it current. So there's a deferral, which means there could be 30, 60, 90 days of of non-payment deferral, which is accruing interest, and they're going to have to pay it when they come out of that. So are they going to be able to afford that? I don't know. The partial claim piece is what I'm concerned about because the partial claim means that they're starting the process of getting into the foreclosure because now they're approaching that those 90 that that magic line in the sand of 90 days past due. And I don't know that subset. I don't know how many of the 425,000 are partial claim versus loan deferral. I wish they'd provide that, but they don't. So keep an eye on that. That 425, I've got it written down here on my board because th- these are some numbers I'm going to total up for you at the end with the three categories and show you that we will potentially have a nice little jump in houses for sale uh, on the market coming in 30 to 60 days, maybe a little bit longer. And then 16.3% of homeowners did not make all of their payments and they exited forbearance. That's 245000 So that means they're past due. They don't tell me if they're 30, 60, or 90 days past due. I'm assuming if they were 90, they would have fallen to this last category of 1.4%. Short sales, deed in lieu is 21000 
So if I add all three of those up, 425, 245,000, 21K, it's 691,000 potential homeowners that could either foreclose or sell. So nationwide default rate, which that'll be the last thing we talk about foreclosures, is roughly about 3% across all loan types. I'm just blending it all together. Some have lower, some have higher. I'm taking the middle road. That'd be roughly 21,000 homes that would come to the market. Then the other piece is the experts out there that are talking about how many of these homeowners are going to actually just say, F it and sell their house while they're in forbearance or when they come out and they're past due because they want to make some money. I'm hearing anything on a low end of 15%. I've heard a high end of 40%. I took a safe number that I felt comfortable with at 25%. So of the 691,000, 25% would be 173,000 homes to be listed. Considering there's only between all the different players out there in the market, you hear anything from 1.2 to 1.7 homes available for sale today, um, you're almost at 10% or a little over 10% coming to the market in one fell swoop once this all happens. Now, the mortgage forbearance programs that are out there vary from lender from lend, from each lender but also vary by product type. And since the foreclosure moratorium is up and forbearance is ending also at the end of the month, these homeowners will have to make payments starting in October. Majority of them. Some of them are still going to be coming out at different stages based upon when they came in to their forbearance. So guys, the first the first prong of this wave that's going to come to the market is forbearance. And I'm telling you, there's going to probably be around out of the forbearance pot, approximately 194,000 homes. So let's see how well that does. I'd like to, you know, keep that one as uh, on the record and the books to see how well I do. All right, guys, next up, Likelihood of eviction, and I know we've talked about this before, it's self-reported data from the Census Bureau. It's called the Household Pulse Survey, and they perform this survey every week, and I'm in week 36 right now, which is the most recent data they have out, and their likelihood of eviction or foreclosure, and I'm going to tell you how we're going to separate the numbers out. Percentage of adults in household not current on rent or mortgage where eviction or foreclosure in the next two months is either very likely or somewhat likely. Okay. So they surveyed a population across the United States of 14.1 million households, which covers 250 million people. So pretty good chunk of the total population. They're saying in the United States, there's 5,075,403 households that are in jeopardy of being foreclosed or evicted. And again, I'll put it in the show notes. I'll share the data with you. I don't want to waste your time. I'm just going through the facts, presenting it to you in the logical way I think will work for you. 
But at the same time, I also want to be able to share and educate what I'm seeing so you can be educated on the same things. So with that being said, their margin of error is 3.2%, which is roughly 577,000 households. So again, we've done this before. I did the overall homeownership rate for the United States at 65.4, which means 3.32 million households own and 1.76 rent. So if we take those numbers from the ownership, so let's start there, 3.32 million. I minus out the 15, excuse me, the 1.5 million households we know that are in forbearance already. That leaves us with a leftover of 1.82 million households out of this 5 million that potentially are homeowners. And they're not in forbearance. They're not in deferment. They're in some stage of delinquency from what I gather from this survey. So if we take the same numbers across the board, do a 3% default rate, that'd be 55,000 in defaults or foreclosures, and then 25% list rate from the first group, we're at 454,000 for listing. So that brings us to... 509,000 for evictions potential. And I say evictions, it's those are potential foreclosures. The the rental side is next, sorry. So these would be potential foreclosures, the rental side 1.76 million are in jeopardy. Now no one is sharing the data on evictions, but I'm seeing data across the nation that is showing we're roughly doing across the nation and it's slow coming up since everything's going haywire. And there are still six states that do not uh, allow evictions uh, and those moratoriums will end next year in January or February if, I, if I'm correct. But it looks like from a nation, there's about 60,000 evictions doing or being performed on a weekly basis right now since the moratorium ended. Again, I can't run that number out for you, but the 1.76 renters that are in jeopardy. Let's let's just let's do some basic math. I, I just want to do it's more than likely, I'm going to use the same uh, idea here, 60-40. 60% of them, unfortunately, are going to be evicted, and 40 are going to be able to work through some type of assistance and be able to get their rent put back together. And I know that's probably high, um, but let's go with it. So 1.76 million times 0 0.60, that's another 105,000, or let's call it 106,000, houses well let's let's extrapolate landlords smaller landlords which they're 80 percent of the rentals out there are probably tired and are tired of what's going on so what are they going to do 
They're going to list the property for sale. So let's just take 25% across the board. 106,000. So that would be 27,000 list. So just for these two areas, potentially, we have... Seven hundred thirty thousand homes potential. Um, that's a lot. I know it's a lot. And that we haven't even got to foreclosures yet. I mean this this is a subset of foreclosures, but I have data in the next segment that'll show you that we have true, accurate what is going on since the moratorium stopped to where we'll get some really good idea. And I know there are subsets in here again, but I want to give you guys a number that potentially could make sense from all three angles because no one is talking about all three of these. Some people are talking about forbearance. Some people are talking about foreclosures. Some people are mixing the two, but no one's talking about forbearance, eviction, and foreclosures other than me. And if there's someone else out there talking about it, I want to hear it because I want to hear their numbers. I want to know how close I am. Because in all grand scheme of things here, there's going to be a couple things that are going to happen in the housing market. Either we're going to get inundated with a bunch of homes that come in through these channels, or we don't. There's not going to be really much in between because we do... When we get flooded, that means the government is not propping anything up. If we don't get flooded, that means the government has stepped in and said, we can't let all these houses and people get evicted. So guess what? We're going to stop it all. We're going to artificially inflate it again. And again, something we've talked about how many times over and over and over again. Some of this we have to let out and go. But the people that are truly trying and to stay in their home... We need to work with them. And like on last week's podcast, there's rental assistance out there for people. And only a fraction of renters and landlords have taken advantage of it. Less than 10% nationwide. And there's almost $60 billion in rental assistance available out there. And we're missing the boat on that. Again, a major mess up, screw up on... The government's part in being able to get the money out to the states and the states getting it out to the local enti- the local governments. It's just and then what ends up being hurt? The renter and the landlord. Because they're gonna have to go through the eviction process because of this screw up. And it could have been avoided. All right, guys. Last but not least, foreclosure data from realtytrack.com. Their headline is August 2021 U.S. foreclosure activity rises following the end of the foreclosure moratorium. U.S. foreclosure market report shows there was a total of 15,838 U.S. properties with foreclosure filings, default notices, scheduled auctions, or bank repossessions, up 27% from a month ago, up 60% from a year ago. Well, duh. (laughs) 
They quote a executive vice president realty track, Rick Sharga, S-H-A-R-G-A. I don't mean to butcher your name. As expected, the foreclosure activity increased as the government's foreclosure moratorium expired. But this doesn't mean we should expect to see a flood of distressed properties coming to the market. We'll continue to see foreclosure activity increase over the next three months as loans that were in default prior to the moratorium re-enter the foreclosure pipeline. Remember that key. And states begin to catch up on months of foreclosure filings that simply haven't been processed during the pandemic. Another key point. But it's likely that foreclosures remain low, remain below normal levels at least through the end of the year. Another key point. Three takeaways, guys. So the first one. We'll continue to see foreclosure activity increase over the next three months as loans that were in default prior to the moratorium re-enter the foreclosure pipeline. Now, no one's reporting on that data, and I'm trying to get to it. How many foreclosures are lenders sitting on for the last 18 months? As I said, or as I've said before in prior podcasts, we are also in the secondary market where we purchase non-performing notes non-performing mortgages. And I can tell you just by a non-scientific look and feel of what we see on a weekly basis, our volumes have been upticking for months, close to 30% increase in volumes of loans that are being sold in the secondary market because they did not want to foreclose on them. So how many of these loans are going to hit the secondary market versus the foreclosure market. I can't tell you that, and I'm going to get that data and share it in the next podcast, but that's important because lenders are not looking to be under the the lens of scrutiny in this day and age, and them selling loan is a lot easier than actually putting it through the foreclosure process, and they're being very selective in what they foreclose on because of the optics in today's world and what's going on. So the next piece, I don't know how to describe this. It's the piece that I really want to really focus in on is we will continue to have houses in the foreclosure process, but until lenders catch back up with their backlog of foreclosures from pre-pandemic days or at the early stages of the pandemic days, we don't truly know what this amount is going to look like. So stay tuned the they do list the the three states that have the highest foreclosure rates Illinois, Nevada, and New Jersey. And they state nationwide one in every 8,677 housing units had a foreclosure uh, filing in August 2021. States with the highest foreclosure rates were Illinois one in 3,848 housing units. Nevada, one in 4,738 housing units. New Jersey, one in 4,868 housing units. Oh, and they list a fourth, not in the headline. Delaware, 
one in 5,348 housing units. So those states are already upticking in their foreclosures. But at the same time, you have states that are holding back on foreclosures too. So again, we've got this this hodgepodge of of different states doing different things, and we're we're not going to know exactly how this all plays out. But I want to get back to the the piece that we look at the total houses coming to market after going through forbearance evictions and now adding adding foreclosures. We could be on a low end of 400,000 houses coming to market and a high end of a little over a million coming to market. So those houses will do several things. One, it's going to unfortunately slow down the market in pricing. You're going to have more supply. The demand is not going to be able to keep up with that initially. So you're going to have houses sitting on market longer than they are today. The second thing is you're going to see some price reduction. You're going to see some price relief. So if you're a buyer out there, you will see some relief, just like every other commodity we're starting to see. And I don't mean to digress, but I have to digress. Uh, I want to kind of pat myself on the back about our favorite topic, lumber. So when we last talked about lumber, it was in the 400, $440 to $450 range. September closed out already, and September closed out at 500 in, sorry, $522, as if I'm reading that right. So today, as we're recording this, we're currently at $576.80, and I told you guys that sometime in September or October, we're going to have a bounce and we're going to stay in that 600 range. So we're pretty doggone close to that. And these futures will be sold in November. So if we can stay in this tight range and be able to stick within that $600 range, that can start saving a significant amount of money on a house that's 1,500 square feet. For the houses we're building, that's going to save us close to $16,000 in cost. It's a lot, and especially in the affordable housing space, it does a huge amount of service to us to pass that savings along to the buyer. So guys, my guesstimate for houses coming to the market in the next 30, 60, 90 days is between a half a million and a little over a million. And I'll, I'll fine tune this every week and I'll make sure it's on the radar and we, we discuss it. I know it's a big range between half a million to a million, but guess what? I'm no expert. I'm just, I'm just some dude that loves real estate and I love helping people and giving you the facts and not wasting your time. Take my numbers for what they are. They could just be wank and be nothing or they could be close. I'm close on lumber, but at the end of the day, I'm no expert. So do your due diligence, do your homework. Thank you for tuning in, guys. I'll talk to you guys next week. Stay safe. Be out there and sharing great conversations. Have those open and honest conversations with people. 
Let's get communication back up and going and start being human beings again. Stop being polarized. Have a great one, guys. I'll see you later.